I read a, a thing last night on a, a Facebook to my daughter. Um, we don't understand what is actually happening in the spiritual realm. Um, <clears throat> I believe that we're headed into a time that we are going to have to be a church that operates from the position of the supernatural more than any other time. Uh, I read an, an article last night. I'm not going to give a name. Uh, you can look it up if you want, but it's not an article. It's actually a, a tweet that this person who made. They're actually a, a really famous tattoo artist. And uh, everything that she had done in her life was all geared toward the dark side of things. Uh, she collected black magic and occult books. That was what she kept in her house. Her house was all, uh, all done up a certain way. She actually texted, uh, or te tweeted, I should say, I'm sorry, that she said, not judging anybody who's into these things, but I realize I've got things wrong in my younger years. And she said, I am cleaning out all of this stuff from my house. Yeah. Now listen, this is, how, this is how God's working, and we don't even realize. She said, I understand that there is a spiritual battle, and I want, don't want that brought in on my family. Now this is somebody, as far as I know, has no idea what's going on. Folks, let me tell you, there is a move that's happening and a shift that's going to happen that will only come when the church decides to operate in the supernatural the way God has called her to operate. <laughs> the early church didn't change the world with just good words. Come on. But that's what we've tried to make our churches do. As long as we got good music, and, 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 and we have a fantastic team. These guys are awesome. But as long as we've, had, we've got good music, and as long as uh, our preachers can come in and just give a nice, eloquent word, we're, we're, we're good, and we've been waiting on that to draw. But that's not what drew people in the early church. They didn't give them a word until they saw signs and wonders first. And when signs and wonders started drawing people to them, then they gave them a word. And we think that what's supposed to draw people is into the church. You realize my job is to train you to go out and do the ministry. <laughs> this is not where this kind of ministry happens. It happens in places like Harvest House. Where people just come in and they don't know if they're, if we're, they, they come in with all this big fear that we're going to shove Jesus down their throat. And, and, and when we first started that, I specifically told Lana and, and, and I, she, she and I was on the same boat. I said, listen, I don't want to jam Jesus down their throat. I'd rather the miraculous happen. I'd rather them just come and say, man, there's something different. There's something happening. It's like I needed something and, and boom. And I can't tell you the stories that that's happened where Lana's told somebody, well, I need, a, I need this. Well, let's just pray together and we'll see what happens when the next truck comes in. And when the next truck comes in, that very thing is exactly what's on the truck that that person needed for the time. Folks, and then you got their attention. The church was built on the supernatural. 
The church was built on the supernatural, and that's why the Word tells us that He gave gifts to men. And, and that's what we've been into, and we're going to be into this for probably the rest of the summer, and I won't apologize for it. Um, but we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit because God wants you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Not just a few, not just me, not just apostles and pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets. No, he wants the entire church. Those are offices. But he wants the church to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, from the youngest to the oldest. Come on. So let's go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And you're going to hear some of these things repeated every week. And I won't apologize for that either. Somebody's just telling me a story of a, of, of a minister who preached the same message for five years to his church. Somebody finally came to him and said, hey, why do you keep bringing the same message? He said, well, when you all get this one, I can move on. <laughs> That's why Brother Hagin made a whole career out of just preaching faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. Now, uh, well, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Verse 2 says, You know that you were uh, Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus accursed, and that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities, different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. Now look at verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to how many? Each one. Not just to the special ones. Not just to the preachers, not just to the pastor. The manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit that we're looking at is giving to each one. Somebody should just go like this and say, I'm a one. So you're supposed to be operating in these two. He said, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Why? So that everybody can look at you and see how spiritual you are? No. You are supposed to operate in the gifts of the Spirit for the profit of everyone else. He said, but the manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one to profit all. So the point of you and I operating in the gifts of the Spirit is so that we can profit everyone that we come in contact with. Mm. Verse 8, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But the one and same Spirit works all of these things Distributing to each one individually as he wills. 
So it's the Holy Spirit who puts the gifts of the Spirit in you to operate as He wills. And as He wills means to one, He'll work with word of wisdom and word of knowledge. To another, he may work through prophecy. But it doesn't mean that he's only going to give you the one gift. This is the mistake that so many people in the church have made. They said, well, I want the gift of this. And I want the gift of this. Why don't you be open to be a a useful tool to the Holy Spirit and say, use me how you want. And he says, okay, today I'll use you in word of wisdom. Tomorrow I may use you in word of knowledge. Let's try this again. Now, I've taught this in this church before on a Wednesday, but I, I, I really feel like it had to be on a Sunday. Alice, what's the best gift? The one needed at the time. If we're in a place where somebody needs one of the gifts of healings, they don't need me to pray in tongues over them. But that's what we've done. We call Rachel up here and we lay hands. She said, I'm dealing with this sickness. And instead of declaring healing and operating in the gift of, one of the gifts of healing, we immediately, I need healed. <laughs> Let's break them down. The gifts, so the best gift is the one needed at the time. Now that doesn't mean you can't pray for somebody and pray in tongues over them. But sometimes we pray nothing else. Mark 11, 22, it's not going to be up there. I saw everybody's eyes. Jesus said, verily I say unto you, have faith in God. Verse 23, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith, not whatsoever he prays in tongues about. Come on. Verse 24, for whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Not whatever things you pray in tongues about. Sometimes us charismatic Pentecostal folks need to start speaking to our mountains. You notice there too, man, this is, you notice there too, he didn't say scream at your mountain. See, when you understand the authority of God that you walk in, you don't have to yell at the devil. For some of you around my age, you'll, you'll get this reference. For the rest of you, just go like this and go on. That was Motley Crue's job. They had a song called Shout at the Devil, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> you don't have to shout at the devil. We don't see in one part of Scripture where Jesus ever yelled at the devil. But we see that when he stepped into the, their midst, they started screaming at him, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not supposed to be here. It's not your time. Don't cast us out. See, we don't have the confidence to know that we are the body of Christ. We are the body that's working in the earth right now. And when you walk into a situation, everything in that room should be paying attention to you. Matter of fact, doesn't he say it in Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess? Where? Heaven, hell, and earth. 
when you walk into a room and you begin to utter the name of Jesus, you got the entire attention of heaven and hell and earth waiting to see the next words that's coming out of your mouth. And until we understand this authority, we're going to struggle. Let's get back to the breakdown. First, you have revelation gifts. These are the gifts that reveal something. This, uh, the first we looked at last week was word of wisdom. A glimpse into the wisdom of God for the situation that is at hand. Next is what we're going to talk about today. Word of knowledge. Then discerning of spirits. Notice that it didn't say discerning of people. That's what most people try to use discerning of spirits for. Notice that also it doesn't say the gift of discernment. Well, I have the gift of discernment. Find that one for me in this list. I know, it, it hurts. Now, that doesn't mean that some people are not good at discernment. But that's also a trait that you can develop over the years. Uh, then we have the power gifts. These are gifts that do something. You have the gift of faith. Now this is a special faith. It's not the normal faith that all of us have. Okay, we'll get in it. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, I believe is next, right? The working of miracles, and finally, gifts of healings. And then you have vocal gifts. These are gifts that say something. These are the gifts that say something. You have prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now here's the key. He's not talking about your normal prayer language and your normal prayer tongue or how you praise God in tongues. This particular gift has to have interpretation operating with it. Those two depend on each other. So we're going to jump right in and talk about word of knowledge. Um, and again, people say, I don't understand why you focus on these things because the early church focused on them. And if they blew, they, that was a church that changed the face of the world. Why in the world would we want to go anywhere away from that? You ever heard the old phrase, if it's not broke? So if it's not broke, well, I believe that the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. Show me that scripture. And before you go to Corinthians... And it says, well, see, where there are prophecies, they shall fail. And where there are tongues, they shall cease. It also says, and that which is perfect has come. Now, who's perfect? Christ. Say it again, Brent. Christ. Christ. Has he come? Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, he came. But this was written after he came. So if you're going to use that scripture... You have to say, when he comes back, yeah, I won't, need, I won't need prophecy, I won't need tongues, I won't need these things. When that which is perfect has come, then that which is done in part will be done away with. But until he comes, these have not been done away with. These gifts still operate. So what is the word of knowledge? First, I'll tell you this, and I'm going to say it several times, it is not the gift of knowledge. Because that's the argument I hear all the time. Well, that's the gift of knowledge. 
We've got more education now. We're smarter. We've got access to schools. we got access to all. So it's a gift of knowledge. If it was that kind of gift, then anyone, a Satanist can get knowledge. So are we saying that God's sharing his gifts? Oh. Now, can they operate? Well, yeah, come on over. So he's not talking about natural knowledge that anyone can attain. The word of knowledge is this. The word of knowledge, I think it's up there, is a supernatural revelation of the knowledge that only God has. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of knowledge. In other words, it's when God drops something in your spirit that you would have no way of knowing other than God told it to you. <laughs> it's a supernatural revelation, <coughs> excuse me, of the knowledge of God. It is a revelation in the knowledge of certain facts that are in the mind of God. See, this is why we're supposed to be operating the gifts of the Spirit because we're united with Christ. We are one, been made one with Him. You should know His mind. Philippians said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, if you really want to blow your top, read the rest of those verses. This is Philippians chapter 2. You can look it up. He said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's the mind you're supposed to be having. That's what he said in Mark eleven twenty two in the original writing. He didn't say it, verily I say unto you, have faith in God. He said, verily I say unto you, have the faith of God. Yeah. Or have the same faith that God has. This is what is in you right now. You, 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 don't, you don't have to wait on it. I don't have to lay hands on you for it. It is in you. Then why am I not using it? Well, either you've not been taught or you don't feel released. So you know what my purpose here today is? Release you to go and do the supernatural things that God has called you to do. That's part of my job. God has all knowledge. So a word of knowledge is when you have a glimpse into knowledge. So what does knowledge have to do with? Knowledge will always, since word of wisdom had to do with the future, how someone is going to deal with a situation. Word of knowledge will deal with the past or the present. You can only have knowledge about what has happened or what is happening. So when you're operating in a gift of word of knowledge, you're operating in either something that has happened to someone in the past or, someone that they're, or something that they're dealing with right now. Go to 1 John chapter 3. <coughs> Are you following me? If you want these notes, Ted forgot to tell you, there's D's fault. If you go to the Version app, look up events, follow, all these notes are in there, hit save, and you can take them home and go through them again. First John, huh? They're not there? Well, guess who forgot to hit publish? They'll be there in the morning. <laughs> Probably me. Uh, they'll be there in the morning. Um... 1 John 3.20 For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart 
and knows all things. I'm not even going to go into the other implication about this, about the only thing that condemns you is your own. Because he's not condemning you. Skipping on. But if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And what? He knows all things. So when you're operating in a word of knowledge, you're operating in the glimpse of the one, in the mind of the one that knows all things. Do you realize how connected you are? Do you realize how tied in to the divine that you really are? That you at any given time can operate in the glimpse of the all-knowing God and a glimpse of what's in his mind. Go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches what? All things. And what does he do? He reveals it to us. He reveals it to us. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. But the thing about it is, when we're operating in a word of knowledge, you're operating into his mindset. So if God gives me a word of knowledge about Sheila, it's going to be with something that Sheila's dealing with now or something that she has dealt with in the past. That's knowledge. Knowledge is about what's happening now, what's happening in the past. Wisdom is about how to go forward into this future thing. So a lot of times you'll see these things happen at once. You'll see a word of knowledge. Somebody in here is dealing with a, I'm not calling this out, so if it lands. <laughs> dealing with a legal issue. Oh, that's me. And then they come up for prayer. Well, here's what God says to do. Now we're seeing the word of wisdom in operation. So you'll see these things happen a lot together, especially when you're looking at someone who operates in the office of a prophet. All right? Um, so when a person's operating the gift of word of knowledge, they're operating in a fragment of the knowledge of God. Now, what does knowledge mean? Let's look at it. Knowledge is a clear and certain perception of that which exists, or of a truth and a fact. It's an acquaintance with any fact or person. And, and there are so many people who still say, well, I believe that it's because we have more people can go to college, more people can learn. Then that's not a spiritual gift. That's not spiritual. Anybody can go to college. They don't even have to believe in Jesus. They don't have to accept God to, to, to gain knowledge. A spiritual gift is going to operate within the spirit. It's going to operate in the spirit. Now let's go back to, um, nah, let's skip that. I was going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 again, but you know that. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be unlearned. Now let me throw this out here to you. I told you we were going to get teaching for the next few weeks. Word of knowledge does not mean someone has a clearer understanding of the Bible than someone else. Because that's the next thing that gets thrown at me a lot. Well, we have more people. You got old Dr. Ted here. 
and his gray hair and, you know, he, he, he's, got a, he's got a nice little doctorate degree in theology and so he's probably smarter than everybody else. Has nothing to do with knowledge. He ain't smarter than nobody either. But a spirit, we're talking about something that's operating on a spiritual level, not on a natural level. Because I know a whole lot of people who don't accept the reality of Christ at all that can quote that Bible to you. The Bible doesn't even have to register with them on a spiritual level. Uh -oh. So it's not knowledge of the Bible. What is it? It's knowledge. It's a glimpse into what God already knows. Well, how do you know? It's not the Bible. Go to, I'm glad you asked. Go to uh, Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, study to show yourself approved. So all of you who don't think you need the Bible, let's read again. Study to show yourself approved a workman, what? That needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So there's your instruction. He tells you, get into the word. Well, I like Mr. So-and-so's book and Sister So-and-so's book. I'm glad. Those are great books. But you know how they got theirs? From the Word. And their book can never replace your Word. Their book can never replace your Word. That Word will give you everything you need. He says, study to show yourself approved. A workman needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. This is how knowledge comes. This is how it's going to develop in you. This is how it's going to grow in you. But since we understand then that the word of knowledge is a glimpse into the knowledge that only God has, it's a glimpse into something that you have no way of knowing yourself. And how we operate under this anointing. Let's look at a few instances. Look at John. When John was on the Isle of Patmos, the Lord appeared to him, told him, I want to show you some things. Go to Revelation. Where we're going, chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Don't freak out. You say the book of Revelation and people start getting squirmy. You do realize there is not one scary thing in the book of Revelation. And if it does scare you, you didn't read the first verse. Now this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He ain't scary at all. Oh, glory. <laughs> Just moving on. Man, I tell you, you rub a cat's fur the wrong way. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. And I was where? In the Spirit. So that means you can live your life and not be in the Spirit. Huh? Why would he make this differential here? He said, and I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard him behind me. Oops, I'm sorry. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, first and last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches that are in Asia, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, to Laodicea. Now skip to chapter 2. 
So what I want to tell you, what I want you to look at, we see here John declaring where he was at. I'm in the spirit on the Lord's day. And there came a voice that said, I want you to write what you see. So he's getting ready to tell him some things. Verse 2 of, of, Rome, of Revelation 2. Talking to the church of Ephesus, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those things. What was he doing? God was giving him what he knew about them. He was writing down a word of knowledge. Because if you don't know what the Isle of Patmos was, where John was, it was actually a prison island. And even though he didn't die there, you were sent there to die. You were never supposed to get off this island. It was a prison island. He's on the island on that day. The Lord says, I want you to write down. And the Lord begins to drop a word of knowledge in him about the seven churches and what they are going through. Remember, if it's knowledge, it's happening when? Now or in the past. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those uh, who say they are apostles and they are not and have found them liars and you have been preserved and have patience. How can John know this? It's a word of knowledge. It's the only way this can, can be revealed at this time. Um, I know your patience. And have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. That you have left your first love. Now they were doing good Christian stuff. So what does that mean when they left their first love? That means they're letting that fire go out. That's why I love the part of the declaration that Dee just read to you. We declare that the fire that is within us, we have to stir that fire, Rachel. Emily, you're the one that has to keep yourself. It's not my job to come in here and stoke your fire every weekend. But he says here, I have this against you. You've left your first love. How did John know this word of knowledge? And you say, well, why are we going through this? Because I want you to be able, when you start opening this Bible and you start getting into your word, like Timothy said to do, you'll be able to recognize what's happening in the Spirit. Because a lot of times we don't recognize what's happening in the Spirit. And so we look at the Word and we brush over it and it doesn't just jump out and catch us. But if you understand what's happening in the Spirit, that Word makes it comes a whole lot more alive to you. He said, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent, change your mind, and do the first works. Else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from the place unless you repent. Now what are we seeing? Telling them about their future. Which is what? Come on, come on. Just did it last week. Word of wisdom. It's concerning their future. But remember we talked about last week too. Conditional words of wisdom. This is what's going to happen unless you repent. So there was a condition add to this. Go on to the next verse, if you will, please. But this, but is that where we're at? Yeah. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. 
he who, to him who overcomes, will get, I will give to eat the tree of life. And in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, if you read that, he goes on and hits all seven churches from an island where he has no communication. He doesn't know what's going on. So God begins to give him a word of knowledge. Folks, let's go to Ananias. We, we looked at this one last week, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Now there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and he said, uh, uh, and the Lord came to him and said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here am I, Lord. I'm in verse 11 now. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's what? That means actively praying, right? So what are we seeing Ananias be dropped into his spirit? Word of knowledge. It's happening right now. Matter of fact, this word of knowledge was so specific, he told him what street he was on and what house he was on. I think we call that in the charismatic world reading somebody's mail. <laughs> they got up there and they read the mail. They told me everything. They're supposed to. Folks, you should be walking through. Who was telling me? Your dad. Just got a word like this last week, right? So, now, I'm not going to give his business, but her dad's going through some stuff. Serious stuff. Somebody pulls on a parking lot, am I right? Rolls down the window, says, you don't know me, and I don't know you. But I felt the Lord tell me to come over here and tell you that he's not done with you yet. What did he experience? He experienced the word of knowledge. Somebody who didn't know he was going through stuff, somebody who didn't know what was going on with him, pulled over and then began to drop a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. See, she had a word of knowledge. Go talk to that guy standing out there. And then dropped a word of wisdom on him, tell him what his future looks like. God's not done. So we're back, back here. See, this stuff happens all the time, folks, and it can happen to you. It should be happening to you. It should, you shouldn't bring them to church hoping I get a word. Be the word of God for them. Be the word of knowledge for them. You be it. Don't wait on anybody. You don't need anybody else. But that's not my gift. The Holy Spirit gives to everyone individually as he wills. Mm. He said, go to the house of Judas, one called Paul for his praying. Let's go. And in a vision, he has seen a man. Past tense. Paul had a vision. He saw a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. There's no way Ananias would have known any of this had it not been for the ministry of the Holy Spirit operating in his life. And this is about the only time you hear of Ananias, I believe. Because I'm getting ready to tell you about another Ananias who's a different guy. So jump down to verse 15. And the Lord said to him, go. So here we see a word of wisdom. For he is a chosen vessel. That's knowledge. Of mine, what's he going to do? He's going to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. 
So right there, you see a word of, word of wisdom, a word of knowledge operating in the same place. Now, let's talk about another Ananias who didn't have such a good day. <laughs> Go to Acts chapter 5. I hope y'all can, I'll get back to preaching later. But I'm telling you, God is getting ready. He's arming you right now to do supernatural stuff. Don't wait on them to get in here and see the supernatural. You need to be the supernatural to them. In Acts chapter 5, verse 1, but the certain man named Ananias, this is how we know that this is a different Ananias because this happened before the other Ananias. A man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold possession, sold a possession, and they kept back part of the proceeds. And his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? To the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the piece of land for yourself. Well, what was wrong with that? Well, the, what was wrong with it was he brought it to, to Peter and said, we sold this piece of property and this is how much we got out of it and this is off your... Not, he held back the part that I put some of it back to myself. I withheld a little bit for me. And so he tried to fool the Holy Spirit where he said, this is everything I got out of this. And it wasn't everything he got out of it. I like what Peter says to him here. Uh, verse 4. And while it remained, was it not your own? Peter said, you didn't have to lie about this, dude. It was your property. We didn't care what you sold it for. We didn't care how much you got out of it. You brought a gift. Say, hey, I brought this gift in. But you're lying. It's funny. I can relate to this sometimes. God, I promise I'll give you everything I have but this little bit. Don't ask me to give this up. And after it was sold, was it not your, in your control? Why have you con conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. If you want to know what happened to him, he dropped. Dead. Then his wife's come in and said, hey, did y'all sell it for this much and get this much? Yeah, you're lying just like your husband. Before the, the guys that just carried away your husband, they're, they're knocking on the door now. Boom. Now, that's not the moral of the story. The moral story is Peter was given a word of knowledge. He had no knowledge. He had no knowledge of what Ananias did. But in the moment, the Holy Spirit revealed to him a glimpse into the knowledge of what God had. And this is what you, you say, well, why are you telling me all this? Because I honestly believe that the time is here that you need to be a, like the woman who stopped, at Kylie, stopped for Kylie's dad. You need to be open. Holy Spirit, do you have a word for somebody? Dean, let me tell you, Walmart's a dangerous place for me to go in. There's too many people. And if you're open to what Holy Spirit wants to do, He'll take all your time. Dee and I went late one night to go to Walmart, and I think we were looking to buy her a computer. I think it's while we were there. And uh, found what she wanted. Said, okay, I'm ready. I said, no, we need to hang around here for a minute. 
It was late. This was back when Walmart would stay open late, 24 hours. I said, no, we need to hang here for a minute. Well, why? Well, it just so happened some friends come by and she started talking and, and I, was, I was rude to them, I'll be honest with you. I just kind of creeped away because I had this urge of something in my spirit. And I walked up to this guy and I walked past him and the Holy Spirit said, him. Okay. I just walked up to him, Perry, and said, hey man, how you doing? He said, I'm not good. And he broke down on me. He was from a town 30 minutes away. And he said, I don't know why I'm even here. I don't know why I'm here. I, don't, I drove by Walmart to get here. And he began to tell me his goal, because his wife had left him that night, and his goal was to kill himself. And just by listening for Holy Spirit. Now, before he told me all that, I said, what's going on in your marriage? He looked at me like, you know. He said, well, why you ask? I said, because that's why I'm here. And that's when he broke down and started crying, telling me his wife left him. And that he was going to kill himself. See, the Lord put me in position to talk to him through a word of knowledge. Stay right here. I've got somebody coming. Told me what was going on, and then he opened the door to where before the night was over, I'm down in the aisle with this guy, laying hands on him, praying for him, seeing him set free from things he had set free from, and he left with hope, and God wants to use you the same way. This is word of knowledge. We were come home from church one night. I hear the phone ring and Dee's on the phone and I hear someone screaming. And I walked in the house. I'm like, what in the world's going on? Somebody's dead. Something bad's happened. And they're yelling. And Dee looks at me and she says, Karen, she says, just pray. About what? See, if you know you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So what did I do? I just went off, started praying. Prayed in tongues a little bit since the Spirit knows what things to pray for when we don't. It's one of the purposes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you don't know what to pray for as you ought, when you begin to pray in other tongues, He's praying that thing for you. Well, through you, not for you. He don't pray for you. You do the praying. Uh... So I hear her finally hang up the phone. I walk back in the house and she, back into the kitchen. She looks at me, I said, this person came home and this happened, this happened, and this happened. She went, yeah, why? The only way I would have known that was I had a glimpse into the knowledge that only God had. And we were able to minister to that person and minister to where they life has completely changed or turned around now. Oh, folks, this is what God has in store for you. This is what it means to be a minister of God. It doesn't mean to bring them to the preacher. It means for you to be the minister, you to lead them where they need to lead, bring them here and I'll teach them to go out and do the same thing that you're supposed to be doing. Now, Acts chapter 10. 
said the next day in verse 9, Acts 10 verse 9, let's look at another instance with Peter here. It said, in the next day they went on their journey and drew near a city, and Peter went up on a housetop to pray in about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Just going to let that settle because we've been taught to stay away from people who talk about trances and everything else. That's a biblical word, and that's not the only time it's used in the Bible. See? <laughs> Quiet. Trances in the Bible. And Peter was hungry and he fell into a trance. <laughs> in verse 11, and saw heaven. Look what happens when you're in a trance. And saw heaven open up and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending from him and let down on the earth. And when all kinds of four-footed beasts, four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not so Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice said, what, I, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. And this was done three times. You imagine, Peter must have been a hard-headed fella. <laughs> kind of like me. Hard-headed. Three times this happened. Sheet goes up, sheet comes down. Here's all these wild animals. Rise up and eat. Not so, Lord. I've never touched an unclean thing. I wonder if God just goes. <sighs> Here it comes again. Rise and eat. Fine, God. He said, what I call clean, don't you call common. He said, and now Peter wondered within himself what the vision which he had seen meant. Sometimes you don't get an instant understanding of the things God shows you. When these, when these people come up here and they're talking about, I see in my spirit, it's a picture. Some, and sometimes you don't really see a picture, you just have this understanding of this thing that's happening and, and how it relates spiritually. So if they say, I see, doesn't necessarily mean they actually saw. Sometimes they may actually see as this vision. Sometimes it's a spiritual understanding of what's in them and in you. Some, you. All of you have operated in this. You just didn't recognize it. You wake up, you got somebody on your heart, you got somebody on your mind. And you're like, man, Emily's, Emily's not feeling well. Well, how do I know Emily's not feeling well? I shouldn't know Emily. I don't know him. I never talk to Emily except for Sundays and Wednesdays usually. We don't call each other. We don't text. I don't, why would I know Emily's not feeling well? So I'm going to call her up. Emily, you okay? No, I'm sick as a dog. What, is, what do you offer? It's a word of knowledge. And I'll, how many in here has done that? Moms, you do it all the time with your kids. You know when they're hungry? Come on. Not Jody, she don't cook, so. <laughs> that you, you, you've all been operating in this. Well, that's just my conscience. No, that's called the Holy Ghost. 
while Peter wondered, and they called and asked, verse 18, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought on this vision, the Spirit said, Behold, three men are seeking you. He didn't know they were down there knocking on the door. Now, if you want to know this whole story, this is the story of Cornelius, who was a devout man who had been praying, and the Lord told him to go down and get Peter, and he'll give you what you need, word of knowledge. Peter goes up in the rest of the story. He goes downstairs. He walks out and says, I'm Simon, the one you're looking for. And he says, well, we're from the house of Cornelius. And the Holy Spirit says, go. I sent him. Operating word of knowledge. Folks, it happens to you all the time. You've got to learn to recognize it. Begin to thank Holy Spirit for doing what he's doing in your life. It's just like when somebody sits up in church and said, who has a back pain? Who has a knee pain? Who has a shoulder pain? Who has a, you know, what are they doing? Now, when that happens to me, I feel that pain. But not everybody does. Not everybody feels, but I, I'll, I'll have this quick feeling. Oh, I don't usually have that. So we'll ask, who has this, this? That's a word of knowledge. Why? It's something that's in the mind of God. Well, sometimes, well, why don't you ever just call people out by name? Because sometimes there's multiple people in a room. But don't get me wrong. There's times when the Holy Spirit will hit, and I'll tell Dea, I said, they're going to be wearing this color shirt with this color print on it, with this kind of print on it. And this is what's going on with them. Well, I didn't, listen, just be open to Holy Spirit. I'm nobody special. He wants to use you. He's looking for this kind of powerful church. Word of knowledge can come through a multitude of ways, through visions, through tongues, through interpretation, through inward revelation like we've seen. The word of knowledge will help you things, help you pray for things that you don't know what to pray for or how to pray. Remember, God will tell you something about Lana. Well, I need to pray about that. And so now you can pray for Lana right. Come on. We're going to quit here. I just, I just gave a, a word to a, a young minister yesterday. I said, sometimes you've got to be able to handle baby bites. Don't give everything at once. You'll choke somebody out. I don't want to do that today either. But this is what Holy Spirit wants to do in you. He's already in you. He moved into you. He moved into you. We don't beg him to come in, begging him to come down. Our churches have wasted too much time saying, oh, Holy Spirit, do it. Holy Spirit, do it. Holy Spirit, do it. He said, I'm inside of you trying to work all the time. You get up and do it. I just put on Facebook this week, stop praying for a move of God and be the move of God. And this is what God is looking for out of a supernatural group of people. And if I say, and I say, if anywhere, why not here? And among anyone, why not us? And among any time, why not now? It's time. Be open to the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you all the time. Listen, listen. You may be the one that pulls off the side of the road just to give a man you've never seen before. We were walking into Walmart one day. Right, right, right here in Cambridge. Lana, I walked by this, this young man, and I thought, 
ooh, right in my gut. The Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to him. Okay. Well, I turned around. He was gone, man. Well, I just happened to see what car he got into. And as he come around and he jumped in the car, I just stepped over in front of the car. Tell me, that ain't scary. This. Standing in front of your car going, wait a minute. He rolled down the window. And I'm, I still don't know what I'm supposed to say to him, Ted. I leaned over in the window and got close to him. And his eyes are about this big, surely. And all of a sudden, when I opened my mouth, I began to talk to him about his father, his hurts, and everything that he has built his life upon, believing the lie of the enemy. And I began to tell him how God saw him, how God felt about him, and what God was to him. And all of a sudden, he breaks down, and his buddy's looking at him like, why is this guy crying? This guy, is, he's a wreck. It was just, I had no knowledge of what his dad had happened. Had no knowledge of what his life. But it was a word of knowledge in the moment that set him free. And God wants to use you to do the same thing. It's not spooky. It's not scary. It's natural. Scaritual. It's natural Christianity. It's natural Christianity. Well, that's only reserved for, it's not reserved for anybody. That's reserved for the Pentecostals and the Charismaniacs. No. That's reserved for the believers. Mark 16, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. In my name thou cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Perry and I was just talking last week. He said he's got people that's told him, well, I would come to church with you if y'all break out in that tongue stuff. That might be the least thing they need to worry about. Because you might just come in here and find freedom. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you for a group of supernatural people. I thank you for a group that's listening to you, Holy Spirit, that is open to you, and they are listening for you to speak a word of where they need to speak and who they need to speak to. I thank you that you're leading them and you're guiding them on everyday adventures, Lord, on everyday adventures in the supernatural. I thank you, Father, that they're open and they're mighty and they're powerful and they're going and they're doing it in Jesus' name. Amen.